All right. Good morning. God bless you guys. Today is um, Tuesday, July the 7th. Hope you had a good 4th of July weekend. I did. Uh, we got away a little bit. We went up to um, uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, Virginia is probably one of the prettiest states uh, I've ever lived in. Um, and I don't mean to... <laughs> Uh, say anything negative about the other places I've lived. I've, um, but just the, I guess I'm just a mountain person. I really enjoy uh, just the Shenandoah Valley here in Central Virginia. And there's just so much history. You know, the Blue Ridge Parkway runs through here. The Appalachian Trail runs through here. Um, you know, as a history teacher and buff, I get to you know, right here in Lynchburg, so much Civil War uh, history here, so much uh, our founding fathers, George Washington. Matter of fact, uh, Fredericksburg is our orange, I think it's, it's Orange, Virginia, which is where we, we drove through, uh, was the childhood home of, uh, of George Washington. And then, of course, you know, I lived right here at Poplar Forest, which was the summer home of Thomas Jefferson. And, of course, uh, Monticello's up uh, near Charlottesville. Um, but, uh, anyway, just a beautiful state. And my wife and I take advantage of it. And we travel quite a bit and we visit things when we can. You know, just those overnight trips. I prefer those anyway. So, but anyway, we're going to continue our study today in, in Acts uh, chapter... Uh, number 10 and um we're going to pick up in verses one and two of course chapter number nine has dealt with uh saul's conversion and now briefly we're going to come back to peter so in acts uh chapter number 10 verses one and two there was a certain man in caesarea called cornelius a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, at first, it must first be noted that Cornelius was not a Jew, um, nor was, was he at this point a proselyte, a proselyte into Judaism. Um, he would be, but not at this point. Um, he was a Roman. He was a centurion. The number century uh, is where we get the word 100. So it leads us to believe that he was over about 100 men in the Roman army, Roman legion. Um, the significance of this uh, event is that God is preparing Peter for a meeting um, that he was going to be having with Paul <laughs> uh, 12 years from now. Um, 12 years from this event here, uh, Peter would be in Jerusalem, Acts chapter number 15, listening to Paul share with him how salvation had come to the Gentiles. So there's no doubt that this event is a preparation for that event. But make no mistake that here Peter is still 
going to be presenting the kingdom gospel to a Gentile. Um, because the kingdom gospel is all that Peter knew. <laughs> Peter could not have been presenting the gospel of grace to Cornelius because he didn't know the gospel of grace. So, um, and notice that even though Cornelius was a devout man that feared God, he was still lost. He still needed God. Um, now, of course, you know, you and I today, lest we think that's strange, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, people in the church today that uh, uh, need God. Um, um, uh, George Barna uh, said a few years ago uh, that 70% of the average evangelical church in America is lost. That's 7 in 10. And he's not talking about, he's talking about evangelical churches. He's talking to churches that specialize in evangelism. And he, he back then said 70% of those congregations really do not know the Lord. They're lost. Um, that's not hard for me to believe at all. Um, and I think that number, I, you know, I guess that number could fluctuate based upon you know, the, the biblical teaching that's happening in those churches. I would certainly say that number is high for some, and I would say that number is low for others. Uh, and unfortunately, I think once you get outside of what you would call Main Street evangelicalism, that number is probably much higher um, because the gospel of grace just is not being taught in those churches, um, unfortunately. Um so Peter does share this event uh, in uh, Acts chapter 11, uh, verses uh, 12 through 14. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. And I will tell thee where words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So obviously, even though this was a very devout man that feared God with all of his house, he still needed to be saved. Um, now notice in, in verse number three, he saw in a vision Evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into, unto him and saying, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. So Cornelius is praying at about three o'clock in the afternoon. An angel of God tells him that his prayers are going to be answered and tells him you need to call for Peter who is currently residing at Simon the Tanner's house and he will tell you what you need to do next. It's interesting that only the King James says he will tell thee what thou oughtest to do. I ran a reference on that. And again, it's just the underlying text um, 
you know, only the King James comes off of the Masoretic text, Old Testament received text, New Testament. Um, so you will get that translation in both the Old and the New King. Um, but it's the only one that doesn't end with whose house is by the seaside. Uh, interesting. And, and so he does what the Lord tells him to do. Look in verse 7. And then, and then the, and when the angel of the Lord spake unto Cornelius, when the angel of the Lord which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, a devout soldier of them, that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto him, he sent him to Joppa. So he calls him in and he tells him exactly what he saw in the vision, what he was told to do, where he was told to go, who he was told to ask for. And he pulled, he, the, he sends this devout soldier uh, to Joppa to find Simon Peter. And then on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter, so at the same time, Peter goes up on the housetop to pray at about the sixth hour. Um, this is around noon. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So while these guys are on their way, Peter simultaneously receives his own vision. He's sitting up on the housetop around noon prayer, and apparently he was hungry. So probably the ladies down in the house were preparing lunch, and Peter's starting to to smell this and he starts to get hungry and of course anybody that struggles with prayer and distractions <laughs> are at the top of the list uh, and food and hunger is, is, is very distracting for sure. Um, either way, God uses that hunger sensation to show him something. Now notice in verse number 11, and he saw heavens opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit by the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Now, in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, precisely chapter number 11, God had given the nation a list of what they could and what they could not eat. Uh, foods that were considered to be clean and foods that were considered to be unclean. And apparently some of the foods that are on this sheet were considered to be unclean. They were on the unclean side of the menu. However, the point of these verses that I missed for years is why did Peter respond the way he did? The answer is simple. It's because Peter was still living under the law. This is almost eight years after Pentecost and Peter is still living under the law. So if the church began, the age of grace began already, why is Peter still observing the law? Why? Because Peter is still under the law. There is no body of Christ at this point in the book of Acts, and we are eight years removed from Pentecost. We are already in chapter number 10, 
and the apostles are still living under the law. I've missed that <laughs> for years. Uh, why is he still living under the law? And just to show you how shocked Peter is about this, and the voice spake unto him a second time, what God hath cleansed, that call thou not common. That was done three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision, which he had seen, should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which is surnamed Peter, were lodged there. So just to make, just to further, just to further make the point here, God repeats himself three times. And Peter is still doubting what he had just been told to do. Um, some have suggested that this was the revelation of the mystery. No, it was not the revelation of the mystery, because if it was, Paul was a liar. The, the mystery was not given to Peter. The, the revelation of the mystery that was hidden in God since the foundations of the earth, which is Jew and Gentile, the body of Christ, was not revealed until Paul. It was not revealed to Peter. Now notice verse number 19. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Notice he is still doubting. God is now getting ready to demonstrate firsthand what he has been trying to tell Peter. Why do you think God used such a traumatic event, a traumatic vision to speak to Peter? Again, I, I'd never thought of this before. It's because our Lord's entire earthly ministry was to Jews only. And he told his followers the same thing. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of, that the, of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not here, but close. So Peter had already been stretched one time because he had went to the Samaritans. Now Peter is going to be stretched again, and he's going to go to the Gentiles. Notice in Matthew 15, 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. He ignored her. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered and said, Am I not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel? So now, all of a sudden, God is coming to Peter and saying, I want you to do just the opposite of what our Lord spent three years telling you not to do. So obviously, this had to be a traumatic event in Peter's life for him to be obedient to it. And I'll close with this. I have heard so long for so long that the Jews were bigoted and just did not understand what God was doing. 
And that is why they struggled so hard with taking the gospel to the Gentiles. On two counts, that statement is wrong. Number one, they did not struggle. They were being obedient. They were told not to go to the Gentiles. And number two, the gospel that they had was not the gospel that we preach today. Even if they had, just like Peter here, they're going to take the gospel of the kingdom. They are not going to take the gospel of grace that you and I preach today. So not so. So anyway, that's uh, part of Acts chapter number 10. Good morning, Scott. God bless you, brother. Good morning, Otis. God bless you, brother. And uh, pigs in a blanket. We're not allowed <laughs> in the little flocks potlucks. No, they sure were not. Uh, they, they were not allowed to have uh, anything unkosher. So if anything, uh, you know, Peter was being kosher here. Um, and if anything, again, the Lord was challenging the kosher uh, laws about what they could and could not eat. So very interesting. So uh, anyway, tomorrow uh, we'll get down into the rest of chapter number 10. Um, but uh, God bless you guys. And I hope you have a great day. And uh, um, until tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, God bless you. I'll see you guys later.